And welcome to another episode of Reggae Uprising Podcast, here for you every single Wednesday, connecting people of the African diaspora through wisdom, overstanding and inspiration, all backed by a soundtrack of sweet reggae music. Now, for the past couple of weeks, as we've had lockdown here in the UK, I've done a couple of specials for you. So we had the COVID-19 special two, which I wasn't very happy that I had to do a second one, but you know, how the ting goes. Um, And then last week we had a lockdown 2.0 survival kit where I featured seven of my previous guests and the little nuggets of... um, inspiration and wisdom you know that they shared in their previous episodes to do with lockdown and how to get through it so I hope you enjoyed those two specials whether you're in lockdown in the UK whether you're in a different country if you even if you're not in lockdown in your country I hope you found the music soothing and inspirational and um, my previous guests words of wisdom helpful and also thank you so much to those previous guests that were featured I really appreciate all of your time and your wisdom. But we're going to go back to the regular format. Uh, So for my newcomers to this podcast, what happens every single Wednesday is I have a new guest on and they share their journey, things or people that inspired them on that journey and their profession, uh, any wisdom that they, they would like to share about their profession, any advice And um, obviously, they have to pick seven reggae selections to go as the soundtrack to their interview. So, like I said, it's all about connecting people all across across the diaspora from all different industries. It's, you know, this platform is also helpful as a networking device because I share all of their links in the description as well. So if you want to get in touch with them, you can do that also. Uh, If you would like to get in touch with me, if you would like to feature on a future episode or if maybe you would like to collaborate with me as the last episode I featured a lot of my work so I'm also a reggae singer songwriter as well as being your host so if you would like to get in touch and collaborate or you know work with me in any way all you have to do is go to daniel.co.uk there's all my social media network links there as well and you can also check out my music videos as well as the regular weekly shows that I do right let's get started with today's guest first selection which is chronics beat and a mic Give me the one drop, beat and a mind Let me talk from me out and I pretend me pretend yeah. I love free I and I with eight I just love me defend me say love Love it is the key To uplift mankind and me say love Love It is a gift from the saints that they find tell me Love enough like sun on a seashore Stronger than any seafood Keep your love in your heart Stay up on the righteous path I beg you please don't detour I miss your love and patience Fly over cross and grave Children are dying No one can save them Chant a song Say a prayer Seal a amen Watch your beat and a mind Let me talk from my heart And not pretend me pretend eh. I love free I and I I just love me, defend me, say love, love, it is the key to uplift mankind. I mean, say love, love, it is a gift from the same that divine. Love is the gateway to the universe. Hatred will give you the earth. I love me singing up a chorus, and I hit my chant through my verse. See, your love, don't cry, my love, don't be weak, my love, just. Let me talk from me heart and I pretend me pretend eh. I love free I and I eh. I just love me defend me say love Love it is the key eh. To uplift mankind I mean say love Love it is a gift from the same 
Oh, oh, you feel love, Janet, Janet. I love your brother, do not stray from me. Keep your love in your ass, you're funny, righteous part. Me, I beg you, do not stray from me. And them say, find us, keep it. And them say, lose us, feel it. But God, do find love, keep it. So I love and let me righteous free it. One drop, beat and a mind. Let me talk from me out and not pretend me pretend eight. I love free, I am nine, I feel with eight. I just love me, defend me, say love. Love, it is the key to uplift mankind. I mean, say love, love. It is a gift from the Savior divine. One job, this and I'm Let me talk from me out and not pretend me pretend eight. I love free, I am nine. This week's guest is an aspiring counselling psychologist and creator of the platform Black Hood Narrative. I would like to welcome Shonique Jackson. Greetings and welcome, Shonique. Hi, thank you for having me. You're more than welcome. Um, So to get started, why did you pick that first selection that we just heard? Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. Sonics is my friend. You get me in my head. He is he's my artist still. Not gonna lie. Um, I just love I love what he represents. I love the consciousness. I love the introspection. I just I just love everything about it. I just love how he forces you to think. Sometimes does that make sense? I just love it. Okay, I, I'm a fan of Chronics as well, so I can completely relate. Yeah, I lo- love him. Love him. So to get into the interview, to, to like build the foundations of you, um, can you tell mm-hmm. us, can you share with us, as I ask all, all of my guests, what is your heritage? Um, well, I was born in Jamaica, um, and then I came to England when I was a baby, um, and I've been here since, yeah, since I was two, I believe, yeah, since I was two. Um, I lived in Bristol for a while, and I moved to Birmingham when I was 18, so you know, um, in your household growing up, what were the yeah. traditions? What like in terms of food, music, celebrations? Okay. Were there things that okay. you would do mm-hmm. like on certain days of the week, or you know, mm-hmm. at certain um, I was, well, I was, points in the year? Mm-hmm. I was raising my grandmother, so you know, she was very traditional, very you know, church goer. So you know, for me, church baby, church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Do you get me? So it was. It was very church, it was very, you know, homely, it was, you know, Sunday dinner on Sunday, Saturday soup on Saturday, do you know what I mean? I can salt fish, it was nice, it was really nice, very traditional. Okay, and what about your childhood in terms of when you were growing up, who were your role models, who did you look up to, who inspired you? Um, I think I, I've, I've grown up around lots of strong black women, so I think my, my aunties, my aunties were my inspiration, and I think my grandmother was an inspiration. She's, she was the first representation of womanhood that, I, that, that I've seen. So, yeah, I'm my family. So what was it about your aunties and your grandmother specifically that inspired you? I think, mm-hmm. I think for my nan, it was just strength. She was very, she's very determined. She's very, she's very loving. I think she she taught me that loving, that, that loving character. I think, you know, she, she's very loving and... I think she taught all of us that, that selflessness. Okay. And were there any things, like any um, things that maybe she was taught when she was younger that she's passed down to you? She's a very good mother. So I think, you know, that, there was that. I just think to be herself, maybe. Just the kindness, I think. I think, yeah, she taught us to instill that in us from early, I think. Okay, we're going to move on to your next selection, which is top ranking, Athena and Donna. Why did you choose this selection? 
Um, I, I remember being young, always hearing that, and I remember hearing the rhythm. I was like, oh, okay, this is nice. And I just remembered it was cool and it was fun and it was empowering. I, I liked it. I always liked it. I remember it as a child. I remember hearing that song especially. Here we go with Top Ranking, Athena and Donna. And then it was discussed. How did that come about in your first experiences with with that? Um, I think it was very indirect from little things, um, little things. Um, I, in my school, I was the only black girl in my tutor group. In year seven, I was the only black girl in my tutor group. But I think it wasn't as obvious and it wasn't as blatant, I think. So I was protected, I think, a lot. So you, when you say it wasn't obvious, can you give us examples? So little indirects. I think there was little looks here and there, little stares here and there, the indirect comments. So I remember one time I had a teacher and I think it was like it was like careers day and I think I had a meeting with him and he was like, oh, well, you know, you have to bear in mind that, you know, you're a black girl and you know. And I was like, I was very, even though it was very indirect, it was a very indirect statement, but I know that I, I felt away by that. And I remember coming home and I was like, but why would he say that? I, I didn't understand it because I didn't really understand what indirect racism was. So, you know, when he said, but well, you have to remember that you're a black girl, what was that in reference to? What was it that you were I trying think, to do that he decided black girls couldn't do? What was that? 
So I think, I think um, I wanted to be a lawyer at the time, and I think we were having a discussion, and I was saying, you know, okay, but I want to be a lawyer. And it was like, oh, well, you have to be realistic. You know, it, it's harder for black women, and it's harder for women themselves. And it was just very negative, and I just remember thinking, that's, that's not it. Like, I just remember feeling so uncomfortable and so hurt. And I remember I went to my black teacher, and she was like, you know, don't worry about it. But it really stuck with me as to why... I wasn't allowed to dream big. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And from that, it was like, I think, it was, I just I just knew that I never wanted to settle in life and I didn't want anyone to try and tell me any differently. So you think you kind of used that as a motivational tool to, to yeah, defy them? Yeah, 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 most definitely. Right, okay. Um, and in terms of, did you ever have any, what were your experiences when you say they're, they're like, subtle nuance or maybe not so obvious racism did you experience any really obvious racism i think when i was young i remember there was an incident at the park and i think there was a a mom i think vaguely um i think she said something like oh there was some something black i can't remember i don't know if i've suppressed it i don't remember what but i remember again having that feeling of thinking what was that about you know what i mean i just remember thinking that Okay. And you know, when these, um, when you had these experiences, um, with your, when you spoke to your family members about it, what was that conversation like? Was it, was it like, well, this is just what happened? Was it, was there any preparation for this experience that you were going to have? Did you, you know, was there a conversation before it or what did, did it always happen after the fact? And it was just like, you just have to get on with it. What was the, you know, reaction to you talking to them about that? I can remember, I think it was just a, it happening and then discussing about it. Not to say I was mentally prepared. Right. To be honest, I remember, yeah. Okay. And again, I think with a lot of families, if you don't know how to really have that conversation, especially with a child, do you know what I mean? So for me, again, there's this need to have these kind of conversations, whether it's racism, whether it's sex, whether it's relationships. We kind of have to have these conversations from early because I think when you don't, it gets very confusing. And when children grow up, they don't know how to have that conversation themselves. And in your opinion, as you are a mother, for your child... When do you think that you're going to have that conversation? Is it that something that's on your mind? I think from 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 as soon as understanding that, to be honest with you, obviously you have to be mindful because you get me. Children are still very innocent; they're very young. We're not going to take from that. But I think these conversations have to be had from the very beginning. Do you know what I mean? Especially raising a black boy. Yeah, it's getting that balance right of not tainting life and taking yeah, away childhood, but yeah, also yeah, preparing them. So doing that sometimes. Yeah, it's very when we haven't healed and we haven't dealt with our stuff. We're so easy, like it's so quick or so easy to project stuff onto our, our kids or into friends or to family. Do you know what I mean? So, in your opinion, do you think it's um, do you think there's no specific age? Do you think it's relative and unique to that specific child? I think. You, Again, as I said, from, from that understanding, I think you can start off, you know, buy little books or have little conversations, just little things, do you know what I mean? But as soon as they can understand, I would, as long as you're doing it things for me and you're being mindful, then I would more than do it. Okay, and then moving on to more of adolescence, um, at what stage um, of puberty was puberty actually discussed with you? Or maybe it wasn't discussed at all. What was your experience mm. with that? I'll be honest, you know, and I had this conversation, I think it was yesterday with my friend. I was talking to her about, um, we were talking about period things. And I was saying, oh, who told you about periods? And she was like, nobody. And I was like, same, you know. And you know when you really deep it, it's like, who talks to you about, you know, the birds and the bees, about, do you get me? These little things as a woman, like, that conversation wasn't had. It wasn't had. When I really deep it, that conversation wasn't had. I'll be honest with you. I had to, I grew up and I learned for myself. And unfortunately, in many cases, I learned the hard way. You get what I'm saying? Well, I learned from people that didn't actually know what was immature in certain areas, and that's just how I learned. So was it really, uh, the first time you had your period then, was it a really scary experience because you didn't know what was what was happening to you? Yeah, yeah, I'll be honest, yeah. And I remember coming downstairs and telling my nan, and she was like, oh, yeah, it's your period. But I'm like, what, what's that? Do you get me? Or, you know, you have the little sex education um, lessons in school, but that's not anything, do you know what I mean? It's just one lesson. Do you know what I mean? So you don't really know. If you were to have a daughter yourself, 
How do you see that conversation coming about? Is it something that when you see signs of puberty, you would then have that conversation with her or would you have it before that even happens? Again, baby steps. So you start with buying little books. So maybe before that happens, we can mentally prepare them. Now, going back to what you said um, earlier about what happened to you at school with that particular teacher, um, Mm -hmm. were there any other expectations um, that you felt, maybe with society, maybe within your household, that were placed upon you um, Mm -hmm. because of your your sex, race or your culture that you felt, apart from what you've already discussed? So maybe in your household, your mum expected you to do this job and you wanted that job or have a relationship with this kind of person or were there any expectations kind of placed upon you either from your household or society or maybe mm-hmm. the workplace that you'd like to share? Yes, so basically growing up, as I said, I grew up within the church. Um, um, and I think you're raised to, as women, you know, we have to be, you know, we're raised to be wives, do you get me? We're raised to be mothers, we're raised to be submissive, you know, to be respectful. And Do you know what I mean? There was a lot of that. And I think as I grew older, I kind of came away from that because I think that it, I've seen how toxic it can be. Does that make sense? Like, I've watched people that have said in the name of, you know, religion or in the name of culture, you know, they want to be a submissive wife. And I've seen all of that, and I've seen how 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 abusive those things can be. And I, I'm, I'm trying to come away from that for a very long time. Okay, okay. We're going to move on to your next selection, which is A Book of Life, I, Wayne. Why did you choose this selection? Um, again, I love the consciousness, I love the overstanding, I love how, I love songs that force you to think, and I think with Irene, he's very good, he's very lyrical when it comes to stuff like that, I think he's very strategic in his lyrics, and I just really, I just love the message, I love the positivity. Here we go with Book of Life, I Wayne. The Book of Life, the Book of Life, sip the water from the Book of Life, I've got animal in all them pot, but them a cook a spice, use what you say I do. With the nice, the scorn, the wicked look at life. Them got ties for the life, but some are not look at life. Them all that dash them with them, let look at life. Them said them want them wing to go to heaven to look for Christ. While them a bow down and a worship them images I went keep yadding life till you reach the far and never wrong nor fall So still it is highly give life privilege in all the villages to live To life give praises for these infinite stages I not stop in no wages when Babylon slaves Them separate man and woman like them in a cages Them some more sad and littlest babies Them some more birth control and abortion for the ladies for ages The book of life pages Babylon was near and tear up When them sad and me a fear up Slew them from far with despair Them meet to the near Like eyesight to crystal clear You air trees bear fruit for the children to share the youths need love and care Close the summer work or with them a stare House and money make them eye flare and live in fear They call us squatters, crop they treat us very rough Children starving, time so perilous The greed of pagan got bust, show them gluttonous Craving for more than enough Not talk about money and religion, make them happy and prosperous Still I see more problem and that's far for us From birth the pagan been after us, they got Cross the sepulchers and shops for us so many guns straight for that Ellie Selassie Mussolini Them get teeth to shot them Still couldn't kill like Patriot Them get defeat, no fear them weapon or them face the Money make them stop them little sister and them brother bread all Chop off them father and them mother make them set them Search the sky and set them search Nazareth And set them still can't find Yashua nor Jaja yeah The book of life Babylon won't tear up But them sudden me a tear up Slew them from far with the spare Them need to go near Life eyesight's a crystal clear yeah. Fruits bear for the children to share The youth need love and care Close the summer work or with them a stare House and money make them eye flare and live in fear With an ass to scorn the wicked look at life Them got eyes with a knife as them on a joke at life Them all a dash them lip them with them all them hook at life Said them want them wing to go to heaven to look for Christ While them a bow down and a worship them images Rastafari keep yarding life to the nation He is the first of killing his Finally give life privilege in all the villages to live So watch out! So life give presents for these infinite stages 
for no wages But Babylon slaves Them separate man and woman Like them in a pages Them say more sad and little less pages Them say more abortion and birth control For the ladies for ages The book of life pages Babylon was fear and fear But them sad and me a fear To them from far with despair No need to get there I say to crystal gray Fruits bear for the children to share now, can you tell us a bit more about your life journey from adolescence to adulthood? The th- places that you've been, the journey that you've had, maybe the different um, career paths you might have chosen before you, you got to where you are now? Um, I left home at 16. Um, I was in a abusive relationship. Um, that taught me a lot about myself. It taught me about a lot of what I didn't want. And again, I think within our culture, it's like we've been taught to settle as women. We have to kind of sit down and put up with all these things and the man that does this and does that. And that's just what that's what we do as women. Do you know what I mean? So I think I'm coming away from that. It really forced me to unlearn a lot of things that I've been taught that women, like women are supposed to be. So how did you manage to find the strength to get out of that abusive relationship? What was your trigger to kind of get out of it? Um, I think it was the last fight slash argument. It was just like, it was very like, okay, this is real. <laughs> you get me? And it's not changing. I think for a lot of women, they stay in things thinking, oh, it'll be the last time or he'll change or, do you know what I mean? And it was like, okay, this is not changing. And I think in that moment, I really had to choose myself, basically. Do you have any advice for anybody that's going through a physically abusive relationship or a mentally abusive relationship? From you know, you've experienced it yourself. If you could, if you could have gone back and told yourself certain things, what would they be? Yeah, I would tell them that they're enough because I think for a lot of us, we sit down in these things because we think that maybe we don't deserve any better or that you know better doesn't exist. But we are enough, and there is better. But you have to choose yourself enough, and you have to want yourself enough in order to come out of something like that. But if you want it, you get me. We don't deserve that kind of love, and it's not love. Because I think, again, if you stay in something long enough, you'll convince yourself that it's love and it's not. Do you get me? But we deserve a healthy love and a good love, and that does exist. So what tools did you use after this, after you managed to get out of this abusive relationship? What tools did you use to build yourself back up? What did that look like mentally and, you know, in physicality and in the steps that you took after that? Um, I went to counselling. I think that's what really saved me. Um, I went to counselling um, and then I studied counselling and now I'm studying psychology. So for me, that was, that it really, it forced me to really look within myself and it kind of helped me realise, you know, the patterns and the cycles I had put myself in and what I'd come from. And it was like, okay, this is why I do the things I do or this is why I think the way I think. And it was like, okay, I really like this and I really wanted to help somebody just like my counsellor had helped me. So do you think there's a lot of um, a stigma in our community about getting counselling? Like, do you yeah, think that people see it, see it as weak? That's why as... I created my, my platform, because it's about normalising the conversation, the uncomfortable conversations that nobody wants to have. Do you get me? And it's about having real conversation, because when you're really deep it, everybody's been through something. Do you know what I mean? And I think for me, I look back and I think maybe if maybe my grandmother had spoke up and said something or my auntie had said something, I wouldn't have felt alone. Because you grow up and you realise that half of the things you've gone through, other people have gone through already. Do you get what I'm saying? But because they didn't say, because, you know, everybody's pretending that it's it's not what it is, we, we think we're alone and we think, oh, we're the only one going through it. And that's not the case. Going through what you went through with counselling, do you feel like your perceptions of success have changed as much as your perceptions of yourself? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I think for me, back in the day, it was success was money and a house and what it looks like. Because again, within this culture, it's very much fixated on, you know, who's got the most this and who's got the most that and what it looks like. But for me, success is peace of mind. Like, I really deep it and I want to be at peace. Success is self-love. It's what you feel within yourself, do you get me, before any of those things even matter. It's it's internal. Do you know what I mean? What things do you do on a daily or weekly or monthly basis um, to kind of keep yourself in check and keep perspective because with everything that's going on in the world you know this year and be- even before that there's a lot of distractions there's a lot of yeah. media created to distract you and 
you know, um, create this worthlessness. Like you don't look yeah. good enough if you haven't got this or if you haven't yeah, got yeah, that. How do you make sure you don't get sucked into that? What steps do you take um, on a regular basis to make sure and kind of check yourself? Um, I think for me, I have a very good support network. I have a good support network of strong women that, you know, they keep me accountable. Do you get me? And I think we're like-minded. So we're all, we all want, you know, we're all looking towards the same goal and we can all help each other with that. And for me, it's about communication. And again, it's, it's about creating that safe space among friends, among family and airing your feelings, airing your thoughts and finding solutions because we can all sit down and we can talk every day, all day, every day, you know, but if we're not, we're not making solutions, then what are we really doing? Do you know what I mean? Most definitely. And that leads beautifully onto your next selection, which is Black Woman by Queen Africa. Okay. <laughs> Why did you again, choose this lo- one? Love her, love her. I remember hearing that song especially, and I'd come out again of a dysfunctional situation and I just felt so empowered and it was like, Wow, we are we're worth more. We like we are we're powerful. Do you get me? And I think people we don't even know it. I I think there was a music video, I think, I'm not quite sure. But I remember watching a video like that and it was just like, Wow, like we're we're hot, we're, we're, we're good, like do you know what I mean? And we've been sold a lie and we've been told a lie and that's not the truth. Here we go with a black woman, Queen Ifrica. Black woman turn dark, something really wrong. Negativity, you push down, you're really strong. It's like black woman, I love themselves no more. She says she don't mind being called out. No black woman, what up you with black woman? Are you on the mother on the earth, black woman? Yeah, I sell them, sell you old black woman. Black woman, you worth more. The money one you whine and catch up and broke and buckle. Back it up and chop broad out like rose duck. Tell them you have more body parts and not just under you. Them now have no right to rape you, kick for rape you. Don't allow them to strip you naked. That flower that you have is a napkin. No traded for no fish and chips. Point your fingers to the skies with a car Protect your upper Black woman, protect your bum. Bum, rap, 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 Black woman, protect your bum. Bum, rap, 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 Black woman, protect your bum. Bum, rap, Tell us a bit more about mm-hmm. the Blackhood narrative. Okay, so again, um, I created it as a safe space of, you know, it's normalizing conversation and I'm always going to push that because, again, within our culture, we don't like to talk. Do you get me? There is the stereotype or there's the stigma that, you know, black people don't talk, black men don't talk, we don't know how to communicate, we don't know how to articulate our words and that's so, it's so far from the truth. And it's literally, it's about parenting, it's about, you know, psychology, it's about culture. All of these things combined about talking about it with people that want to have that conversation. 
So you talk a lot about taboos, obviously, in, in your show yeah. and your platform. Um, what are the top five taboos you feel that are within our community? Um, that all black men cheat, that we're ignorant, that we all have a crab in the barrel mentality, that um, all women are just angry black women, that's, that's not true, and that the men are angry black men, and that all men are have walked out on their partners or, you know, their absent fathers. So in, in those that you just mentioned, how mm-hmm. do you feel that we can change those stereotypes or can, or can we not change stereotypes? Are they just kind of set in stone and that's it? People have their perceptions and there's not a lot we can do about them. What are your thoughts on that? I think with everything, it, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's a thought first, isn't it? And I think if you've been told something long enough and you've seen it for long enough, then you're going to believe it. And I think lots of people can say, oh, we are all men, all black men cheat because, you know, maybe their uncle cheated or their father cheated or they've been cheated on themselves. But I think when you see something different, then you can say, but I don't think a lot of people have seen for themselves, but it's there, isn't it? And for me, it's about black representation. There are men that don't cheat and that can talk about it. There are fathers that are there for their children, you know, mentally, emotionally, financially, all different kind of ways. But it's about making that platform there so people can have their tell their story and people can see that representation. So from the guests that you've had on your platform, what are their thoughts on like what you just said about black men cheating, about that black people mm-hmm. are ignorant, angry black women? From the conversations that you've had, what conclusions have been met and collectively in order to move forward and change the narrative? Yeah, I think especially in this time and space, I think it's about redefining the narrative for ourselves. And I think... It's a new age where we're, we're thinking for ourselves and we're, I think we're wanting more for ourselves. We're becoming more self-aware, we're becoming more conscious, do you get me? We're, we're tapping into our feelings, do you get me? We're really looking back and saying, okay, how that generation did it, do you get me? That it wasn't as good as it could be and we want to kind of make that difference. I think there's a lot of people out there that are thinking differently and they want more for themselves and not just for themselves but for their children. Because it's not just about me, it's for my children's children's children. Next selection, which is Babylon by Jane McGizmo. Why did you choose this one? Um, loving the rhythm. I just love her style. I love the lyrics. I just I just love what she represents. And it's it's new and it's different and I I just love it all. Here we go with Babylon by Jane McGizmo. If you ever looking just to get by everything else is what I'll cry. Why turn the truth into a big lie? Babylon cannot deny. Free from Babylon, Babylon. Come back, we shut it down, shut it down. Free from Babylon, Babylon. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm a rebel in this music, I'm a rebel in the streets, I'm a rebel on the yard, I'm a rebel in these sheets. Oh. I go, go, love it when the vibes it flow. Oh. And my heart begins to slow. Oh, oh, oh. Ah, ah. and it opens up my soul. So. If you ever looking just to get by, everything else is whatever crying. Why turn the truth into a big lie? Babylon cannot deny. Free from Babylon, Babylon. Come back, we shut it down, shut it down. that social media platforms um do you think that they are helpful in this because obviously before we uh, the media was controlled by a, a much smaller group of people in in having mm-hmm. channels like um sorry having social media platforms like for example um in fact I'm not going to give any examples for having social media <laughs> platforms um 
Do you think it's just a way of creating a wider spectrum of propaganda and false information or, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's a benefit to have more people saying more things or do you think it just confuses the issue more? I think wherever you go, there's going to be good and bad in it. But again, it's what you take from it and what you feed into. But I think for me, I've seen as much as there, I've seen a lot of, you know, a lot of negativity. There's so much positive. There's so many, you know, black platforms. There's so many self-help. There's so many, there's so many things that are empowering. You get me? And it's what you, it's what you want for yourself. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. Do you feel like yeah. there's, there's um, when I'm talking about this, I mean like as in wolf in sheep's clothing. So people that are pertaining to maybe be positive or maybe saying that they're giving certain information. But when you look mm-hmm. deeper into it, it, everything's not as it seems. And do you think yeah. that people will be easily led by this because I don't know, this person has so many followers or, yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So oh, yeah. they, what they say yeah. must be true because lots of people are following them rather than actually looking yeah. into it and checking if they're legit and you know, they are what they say they are. And, and the, that the actual information is true. Yeah, I think, yeah, of course, there's, there's, there's a lot of that, yeah. But again, it comes down to you as the follower. And it's, it's, it's what, it, it comes down to you, do you get me? Because it's like, I think, again, we can, we put so much emphasis on other people, we give them too much power, do you get me? And yes, there's going to be good, bad, and different in this life, do you get what I'm saying? But we have to know ourselves. And again, it comes down to us, what, we have to love ourselves enough to say, okay, I'm not going to be swayed by that. I'm not going to be manipulated by that. Do you get what I'm saying? It's about your self-worth and what you think about yourself and how you think. So sometimes, yes, they're there, we're not taken from that, but you have to know what you want as a person. Does that make sense? Yeah, we definitely have to, like you, like you said, we have to check ourselves in in every which yeah, way, in our perspectives, yeah. um, in if we're being manipulated, why the person is saying what they're saying. Like, for mm-hmm. example, going back to what you said at the start of the interview with that teacher that you experienced, mm-hmm. why he's saying what he's saying. There's diff, there's you know all kind of facets into why he thinks the way that he thinks. And obviously he's putting all of his issues on you in saying what he said at that specific time. So definitely it's about having, I think, multi-layered thinking as to when you're watching or or learning new information and digging into it rather than just taking it at face value. Yeah, most definitely. Right, we're going to move on to your next selection, which is Lion Paw by Taurus Riley. Why did you choose this one? Um, for me, it's spiritual. It's it's real. It's deep. You grow up and you realize there's so much bad mind. There's so much. There's so much things that can really, you know, spiritually kill you. Do you get me? I think life is very much a battlefield, and I think songs like that really empower and really uplift. Here we go with Lion for Taurus Riley. Valley of test, and I've never been a weak heart in the wilderness. The power of dark preserves I, guiding in all I do. So, trotting through the heights and the depths, we trample frustration and we conquer stress. The power of dark preserves I, and guides in all I do. So, all the evils that mean me harm. Can go back where they came from. No demonic words perform. Shall prosper. Yeah. I tell the other hand the science man come. Cause we can't squeeze the lion palm. No demonic words performed. Shall prosper. Singers ever live in a life, so we keep our meditation in We'll weather the storm and put up a fight, cause we can do anything. And should you feel like giving up, let the strength of your ancestors fill your cup. The power of God preserves I and guides in all I do. Can go back where they came from No demonic words 
the mall, them a aisle up at the mall, them business wild up. Yes, the mall, them come with science. No, them can't break the heart of a lion. The mall, them a aisle up at the mall, them business wild up. amongst a lot of trials and tribulations has been a test of our mental strength in terms of psychology uh, what you've been studying what strategies can you offer to the listeners that we can implement in order to be two steps ahead of future attacks on our well-being um, I think gratefulness, I think gratitude. I think because sometimes I think we can become so consumed with all the negativity, you know, what hasn't gone right, what's not going well, do you know what I mean? But I think sometimes we really have, to, if anything, it's taught me stillness, it's taught me gratitude and gratefulness because don't get me wrong, it's bad, it's not good, it's not pretty, but it could be so much worse and you really have to give thanks for where you are now. Do you get me? Every day you can try again, do you get me? So it's about being grateful and being mindful. So speaking of being thankful, what are you most thankful for for this year? Um, I'm thankful for my son. I'm thankful for growth. Um, I'm thankful for my friends and family. Um, and I'm, I'm just thankful for life, I'll be honest with you. I'm really, really thankful because every day it's, it's a new beginning. And finally, we want to finish on that positive note. Who or what has inspired you the most this year? Probably my son and myself. <laughs> In all honesty, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Go on and tell us why. Tell us why. Um, my son, he inspires me every day. I'm going to be honest. But I, I, I really, I fight for him still. And I think myself, I think I proved, I think I proved to myself how strong I really am. Do you get me? And how from this year, from the beginning till now, I've just maintained certain things and I've kept up with certain things. And maybe, you know, three years ago or four years ago, that would have been the case. But this year, I've, I've come correct still. And I really like, I like that about me. I like that about me. <laughs> what a beautiful way to end. I will leave all of your links for the description so everybody can check out your platform, The Black Hood Narrative. Thank you so much for being a guest on this week's show. I really appreciate your time. No problem. Thank you for having me. We are going to finish off with your final selection, which Mm -hmm. is Turn Your Lights Down Low, Bob Marley and Lauren Hill. Why did you choose this selection? I just love it. Love it. I've always loved it. And to get me, I just think it's it's passionate. It's it's real. It's loving. It's just powerful. It's just powerful. Okay. Iconic. Of course, of course. Two amazing artists. I hope everybody's enjoyed this week's show. Like I said, I'm going to leave all those links in the description so you can connect with Shawnique. I hope you have a wonderful week. And as always, blessed love. Uh, uh, Turn your lights down low And pull your window curtain your moon come shining in into our life again yeah. Ooh, it's been a long long time I get this message for you girl but it seemed I was never on time till I wanna get through to you girl 